make sure everything is set up looking good, looking great. Here we go. Actually, gotta make sure I get this last little light on for you guys. Hey, here it is. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 276 of the show. Hope you guys had an amazing weekend, man. We had an amazing and a really, really fun Fight weekend, UFC 259 is in the books. Uh, Jan Blachowicz is your 205-pound champion. He went out there and pretty much just deterred uh, Israel Adesanya's uh, shot at the um, 205-pound title, light heavyweight championship. Uh, a lot to get to this one, man. So let's go ahead and jump into the show. Uh, as you guys know, I'm your host, Serge Vicente. This is episode 276 of the Fight Podcast. Everyone who's watching currently live on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitch, thank you guys so much for watching the show today. Always appreciate you guys. This is morning coffee and fight news. Uh, we're going to go ahead and break down everything that went on at UFC 259, headlined by Jan Blachowicz. Israel Adesanya, we also had, um, so let's just say fuck it, on today's menu, uh, we're going to talk about the main event, we'll also talk about Amanda Nunes, the the real uh, female quote, she's the greatest combat sport athlete in all female combat sports, there's no questions about it, we'll talk about her, we'll also talk about a little bit of controversy that we had in the Bantamweight title fight against um, Peter Yan and, uh, and Al Jermaine Sterling. And on this episode, we'll also discuss Dan Hardy. Seems like he and the UFC is part ways. And we'll also talk about Verdict MMA and the huge news that they actually just dropped this morning. I cannot wait to discuss that and so much more. But let's go ahead and jump into it, man. Um, today, we have to talk about UFC 229. Um, and this is morning coffee and fight news. Let's go ahead and take a little sip for you guys. Hey, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> we're having a good, good one, man. Uh, this weekend was an amazing fight card. We had um, Jan Blahovitz going ahead and taking the 205 pound title and defeating Israel Adesanya via unanimous decision. Now, the 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 fight itself wasn't something that I think a lot of people have were under uh, under any type of discussion or criticism. But the scorecards themselves, two of the judges gave. Um, Pretty much had the fight four rounds to one. They ended up giving two 10-8 rounds to to um, Jan Blahowitz, and I'll be very honest with you guys that that's just absolutely just not the case. Um, I, I I'll say this: Was this fight a robbery in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. Um, Jan uh, Blahowitz won this fight fair and square. I did have Israel Adesanya winning. Okay, and this is how I'm going to tell you guys how I actually had Adesanya winning. I had Adesanya winning rounds one through three. I thought that the first round was to Adesanya. I thought the second round was clearly to Adesanya. I thought the third round was close, even though I still gave it to Adesanya. I know a lot of people gave Jan the second round. I did not. I, I thought that um, Adesanya controlled the pace. I thought that Adesanya controlled the, the distance. And the fight was being fought on his terms. He was the one... Pretty much essentially dedicating the dance at that point in time. That's why I gave him the first three rounds. The back to uh, the fourth round, I definitely gave it to uh, Jan Blahovitz. And it's one of those things that when you looked at it going into the fifth round, I said this fight's either 3-1 Adesanya or we're going into it tied to a piece just because I knew some of those fights, were, those rounds were close. And we know how the judges are. You never really know. Uh, I'll talk about the, the the commentary of Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier and all those boys in a little bit, uh, but um, let's just talk about this fight. 
Let, let's talk about uh, Jan Blahovitz first, okay? He went out there and put on a pr- amazing performance. And one of the things that I have to talk about with him is that he has been the underdog in 10 of his last 12 fights. Think about that shit. We're talking about the best light heavyweight in the world, and he has literally been the underdog in the majority of his fights. So we have this dude who's been the underdog in 10 of his last 12 fights. Um, and one of the great things about it is that we have seen and we have really watched him grow over the last few years. He did start off his UFC career with a record of two and four. We did believe he was going to get cut at some point in time. And I'll be honest with you, I've never truly <laughs> picked Jan Blahowitz. It's nothing against him. It's just one of those things that once you look at him compete, does anything he do, does anything that he does stand out to you? Does everything seem he doesn't come off as the most athletic guy? He doesn't come off as the fastest guy. He doesn't even come off as the, the most well-rounded guy, but... He has figured out a way to really impose his his own his own skills, man, and really dictate where the fights end up taking place. He went out there and won this fight based on not as much size, because I'll be honest with you guys, this was a very close fight. Anybody who looks at this fight and says that, oh, this is a blowout, Adesanya doesn't deserve to be here, you're you're lying to yourself. You're just you're just being a hater. And and I get it. You know, you're being a hater. Everyone wants to hate on, you know, the, the shiny new toy or the guy who everyone believes is hyped up. But Adesanya has been hyped up for, for a reason. And we'll talk about him in a minute, but this is absolutely Jan's time. His timing on his takedowns in the fourth round as well in the fifth round were amazing. He realized that he couldn't do any real damage against uh, Adesanya against the uh, the cage because Adesanya's takedown defense against the cage is just, just, just phenomenal. It's one of the best I've ever seen. But the thing that I didn't see is that um, that he, in open space, once he was able to get down Adesanya, it seemed as if that is where his technical deficiencies really show. You know what I mean? He, he, if he's against or close to the cage, he's, he's able to wall walk. He's able to scoot himself up so he can get up. And you cannot keep Adesanya down. But in the middle of the cage, his jiu-jitsu at this point in time, remember, he hasn't been training so that long. His jiu-jitsu at this point in time isn't to the fact that he can really get himself up. Um, and it seemed as if it was possibly because of he was just trying to mitigate the damage that he was getting on the ground from um, Jan Blachowicz. And let's be honest, he didn't really have any damage on the ground. No, he, I mean, no big shots were ever landed. He was just able to truly just control and keep Adesanya on the ground. But here's the thing. It doesn't have to be pretty. You just got to fucking get a W. And that's exactly what he did. I loved what he did. I loved the control. And, and here's the thing. Even in moments, so for instance, in the fifth round, I'll be honest with you, Adesanya was winning the fifth round. He was dominating on the feet. And even to the extent that um, uh, Jan Blachowicz said everybody, he was just like, yo, he hits way harder than I thought he was going to. He was getting hurt on the feet, and he ended up beautiful timing. And he did it. And here's the thing that he does. He times it beautifully. And most people, he actually took Yoel Romero's game plan. But he added offense to it. He was waiting. He was very patient. But he added a great jab. The jab was had a great timing on the jab. He also not only had a great timing on the jab. It was that his... He had great timing on his jab, but it was all about those shots. And the, the the timing on his shot, the double leg takedown that he had in the fifth round, in the midst of an Adesanya combination. Adesanya was getting comfortable. He was starting to open up. And perfect timing, boom, um, he gets it. He gets the takedown. Amazing, amazing control. 
he ended up winning the last half of that fight. The scorecards are ridiculous, though, and this is why I'll talk about that now. So everybody looks at the scorecards, and it was like 145, like uh, like 40, 45 or something like that, and another one was like 41, 46, so some shit. So they had essentially him as a, um, Jan Blachowicz as a four to, he won four rounds to one, and that's just not the case, guys. Um, judging has to do better. I'm not upset if you have Jan Blachowicz winning the fight, but four rounds to one is just not the case. It was a close fight, very close fight, and for most people's estimation, whoever won that fifth round won the fight. So if you really boils down to it, at the, who who's winning? Do you know what I mean? So let's let's get into Adesanya because I think Jan Blachowicz, he his next fight is going to be against Glover Teixeira. Obviously, light heavyweight is not a sexy division anymore. Let's just keep it a bean. It's not. It's not going to be the same division that we once would. It's definitely not the glamour division anymore. The two best fighters in that weight class are 40 years old, 38 and 42. That's not ideally what the organization wants. Let's just keep it a bean. But it's still going to be a great fight, and those guys have earned their spot. Um, Jan Blachowicz only has a year or two left at the top, and, and I'm sure he'll eventually end up losing, but at this point in time, it's his weight class. He has earned his spot, and he deserves everybody's respect, okay? Let's say, so let's, let's, let's say that just to, to kick it off. All right, but let's talk about Adesanya. Guys, he's not going anywhere. Adesanya was arguably winning this fight. He is somebody that, for most of us, you know, was going into it tied in the fifth, and just with a couple calculations could absolutely win that fight and absolutely be the best in that weight class. Now, did the smaller cage make a difference? Absolutely. Did the, the size of of uh, Jan Blachowicz make a difference, absolutely, but not in the way that most people believed. His size only made a difference when he was just holding him down. It didn't make any difference in terms of the standing up. Great game plan by Jan. I mean, I just, I I don't know how I want to, just amazing game plan by Jan Blachowicz, and I really just want to make sure I'm focusing on giving him all the props that he actually fucking deserves, okay? Because I'm not gonna lie to y'all, man. I'm I'm, I'm gonna keep it a bean. Uh, I, I had to eat a lot of crow for this one. This is a fight that I thought Adesanya was gonna walk through. Um, this is a fight that I, I and I still believe that Adesanya by 2022 is going to be considered one of the goats. I do believe in that. And for anybody who's jumping off the train, yo, grow, grow up. All right, this this guy has cleaned out a weight class dare to be great the same thing with max holloway and now can't nobody tell me that max holloway isn't great same type of shit we're not mad at it um let's watch his body mature and actually make it to that weight class but it was a great performance by Jan, and it was a gutty performance by adesanya as well a lot of fun um here's the thing i will say about adesanya biggest takeaway that i got from him is that Oh, and by the way, um, Jan Blahowitz, I, I have to, and I have this on my notes right here. Uh, I want to compare his last half of his career very similarly to Michael Bisping. Older guy, a lot of people counted out, but he's gotten better and better and better. Man, I'm such a fan of this dude. He is so fucking talented. He is so fun, and he's one of the good guys. Him and Stipe are some of the most underappreciated champions that we have ever seen. Um, maybe it's because they're two nice guys. Maybe it's because they both look like that. <laughs> Whatever it is, man, but those dudes are amazing, and, I, and I'm such a fan uh, of both of them. 
Now, Adesanya, against the cage, he's almost impossible to take down. I don't care who you are. I don't care what division or weight class it is. But he's definitely shown some technical deficiencies within the, the center of the cage in terms of the grappling aspect. If, you, if he is coming forward, which he's usually the counterpuncher, and this is what, um, what, what uh, Jan Bovitz did. Once he started attacking, he timed it, went under his shot, and ended up taking him down and controlling him from the ground. Can anybody do that at 85? We have yet to see it. But here's the thing. Martin Vittori did something very similar in the third round of their fight and was able to hold and control Adesanya in the very same manner. It's easier said than done, but he was able to go out there and do that. So what that tells me is that this is something in his game that he really and we're we're fucking nitpicking. Just don't get don't get it twisted. I'm I'm just giving you guys reasons and rationales behind it. We're we're definitely nitpicking with this one. But here's the thing about it. He definitely is one of those guys that he needs to improve that. His wrestling defense has gotten a lot better, but he definitely has to improve the takedown defense and as well as getting off his back. He allows himself and almost concedes to the position when he is on his back. He at light heavyweight, he or should I say in uh, at middleweight, he was throwing. Kelvin Gaslam had him down. Um, he was able to throw up some triangles. He was able to move up some different things to to put up a threat. He wasn't able to do that at heavyweight, and maybe it was stri strictly because of the size and strength of uh, Jan Blachowicz. We don't know, but that's what it seemed like. So he really needs to address those things if he's going to continue um, wanting to fight and compete at one of these highest levels. I say that also by saying this, people, he's a guy that has uh, so many, so many fights in this weight class. He is a guy that has 20 wins in, in MMA. He's cleaned out a weight class. He is 75-5 and five in kickboxing. He is 8-1 and one in regular boxing. This dude is a legend. 21 in MMA. Come on, people. He'll be back. He is still the last style bender, and uh, I can't wait to see what he gets back. One thing that we do know about Adesanya is that he has been able to evolve and grow in each one of his matchups. He has been. We've seen it. Each one he is exponential growth that he's had. And because of the, the not the greatest day that City Kickboxing had, I guarantee you they will all be back uh, better than ever. So I cannot wait to see what happens there. I cannot wait to see what happens with the light heavyweight division with uh, Jan Blachowicz, but also with um, Adesanya going back down, doing his thing in his weight class, and then eventually he absolutely be back up. And once he does it, I hope that he, one, obviously addresses those holes that he has in his game. But I would also love to go out there and see him, you know, put on a little bit more size. Um, one thing I'll say, the only comparison that I'll give to John Jones is this. And for everybody who's saying, like, stroking John Jones is off today, okay? Everybody who wants to top off fucking John Jones today. John Jones has been in the UFC for 12 years. And has never changed weight classes. John Jones has been in the UFC for 12 years. And has never changed weight classes. Adesanya's been in the UFC for two and a half years. Cleaned out one weight class. And moved up to make himself great for the other ones. Keep that shit in mind. I'm not hating on John when I say that shit. I'm just making sure you guys understand the actual, the, the real shit behind it. Again, like I always say to y'all, I'm keeping it a fucking bean. John Jones talking shit. Dude, you have nothing to stand on. You never want to compete against Cain Velasquez. You never want to compete against, you know, Stephen Miocic. You've been waiting your ass off. You've been waiting fucking around forever. And now that now you're trying to go up there and now you're trying to talk shit about somebody who has dared to regret in a fraction of the time that you have, get the fuck out of here. I'll say that about John Jones. But one thing I will say about him is this. In terms of this year, 
And this year alone, the way that he has taken the last six to eight months to go out there and actually attempt to attempt to be, you know, uh, to, to get his size up. You can see him. He's been in there, and, you know, and in the gym. You see all of his pictures on IG. Um, he's, he's making his body ready for that weight class. That's what you do. I understand it. I, I get it. I absolutely get it. But let's pump the brakes. Let's stop stroking this dude off for a second. Um, Adesanya absolutely has an opportunity to still be a GOAT. Everybody who is happy. And, dude, <laughs> you know the funniest shit, yo? Uh, I, I never. I pick fights every fucking day every week i sit here with you guys and i pick fights and i put my picks out there every saturday we put them out on the board and uh, and i can sit there and and dude when, when, when mcgregor and i picked the mcgregor fight didn't i ain't get no phone calls all these fucking fights that i be picking day in and day out i get no calls i get one fight off dude y'all should see my fucking dms i get blown the fuck up man and uh and, and it, it's always funny to me Fair, fair play to everybody who's been hitting me up, talking a little shit. Good for you. Um, it is what it is. Y'all super fucking casuals, but uh, I'm happy for y'all. Y'all got one. All right, uh, let's move on to one that I think everybody got right, and that is Amanda Nunes goes out there and just completely fucking dominates Megan Anderson. Um, this is a fight that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on. A lot of us understood it. It was it, it. It didn't seem like Megan Anderson. It, she was she was a deer stuck in headlights from the moment um, the referee said go. She wasn't ready. She is, and it's not even that she's just not ready. It's just that at the end of the day, she's f- facing the best woman in the world, and Amanda Nunes is the greatest female combat sports athlete of all time. The reason I'm going to say that is this: she's done it in multiple weight classes. She's done it again in the best organization in the world. Period. Point blank. Keep your your boxing bullshit. These women fight too many rounds. You cannot compare the sports. MMA, they fight the same as everybody else. She is the best female combat sport athlete of all time. You can keep your fucking Ann Wolfs. You can keep your fucking Layla Ali's. You can keep your fucking Clarissa Shields. None of these women have a, can hold a candle to Amanda Nunes. And I say that this being International Women's Day. So all the women in the world, salute to you you all. Um, I I am an ally and I, and I will continue fighting for women as well. I think that is so important. And, uh, and I'm not just saying that because Amanda Nunes is a G. Uh, I, I'm saying that because it's real. And, that, and that's something that's, um, that's important. So I wish I actually, and I'm thinking about it, I wish I said that at the beginning of the show, but to all the women out there, to all women in my life, to, um, to all the women out there doing you know big things, listen to the show and everything else, uh, yo, I appreciate you, I salute you, and uh, happy International Women's Day. All right, um, but Amanda Nunes, like I said, goes out there. What is next? Dude, I have no fucking clue. The, their only fight out there that's next for her is, in my opinion, Valentina Shevchenko, the 125-pound champion for the UFC. The reason I say that she is the only one, because if you go back and watch their last fight, they yes, they have fight, fought twice. And yes, Amanda Nunes has won both of those fights. But anybody who is anybody that has watched and called that fight has said that they had Valentina Shevchenko winning that fight. Fucking Joe Rogan said that shit. So, so keep those type of things in mind when we say that 
That is a fight for the two best women in the world. That is the fight, in my opinion, for the GOAT status uh, for female MMA. I, I hope that that happens. Obviously, Valentina Shevchenko has a fight coming up with Jessica Andrade, which should be an absolute barn burner. I can't wait to see that one. I'm not as high on Jessica Andrade as some people are. Look, she got her ass knocked out by a 115-pounder. She got absolutely dominated by another 115-pounder. Do you really expect me to believe that she's going to move up to 125 pounds to fight against a champion there that dominated the person that dominated her at a weight class blow? I don't fucking think so. I think she's going to run through Jessica Andrade like every fucking body else at the top, top level. And, uh, and, and that is what it is. Now, no shame on her. I'm just saying I think those are the two best women in the world, and I cannot wait to see um, what comes on for that. But amazing women by her. She is on some other shit. If, it, if it's not Valentina Shevchenko, she got to find some dudes. I swear she does. That's the only thing that's going to stop her uh, from, from winning right at this point in time. All right. Let me take a quick sip. Uh, for everybody who's watching live on YouTube, on Twitch, and on Facebook, thank you guys so much. Remember, uh, listen everywhere podcasting is available. Check out the Fight Podcast there. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. Listen, like, subscribe, and share. You could do that right down there below. To all your MMA fans that you know, all your combat sports fans that you know and love, and you know that they'll in- they, they love that shit, they want the best breakdowns. They want the best analysis out there. Well, tell them to check out the Fight Podcast. Again, link's right below. Let them know about it. Shoot them the link. Tell them Serge V. Center, the host of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, sent you. All right. Um, Aljamain Sterling ends up winning the Bantamweight, the men's Bantamweight belt <laughs> via disqualification. He becomes the first man in UFC history to actually win the title of any any title via disqualification. Uh, Piotr Jan in a fight that was going back and forth. One of the two judges had it two rounds to um, two judges at the time of the stoppage had it for Piotr Jan. One of the other judges had the fight for Aljamain Sterling. This was a close fight, but I think most of us believe that Piotr Jan was winning the fight. Aljamain Sterling had more volume. Piotr Jan's power was making a difference, and it seemed as if his power was really starting to affect Aljamain Sterling. Even though in, when the fight was stopped in the fourth round, it seemed as if Aljamain Sterling's his cardio was still there, and he was still throwing heavy shots. But the problem with it is his shots weren't affecting Piotr Jan in the same way that Jan's strikes were affecting Aljamain Sterling. But what happened, in my opinion, and look, this is my opinion and my fucking opinion alone, okay? Y'all can take this shit to the bank or you can just, you know, treat it like a grain of salt. What I have to say about this is this. I'm hearing a whole lot of bullshit from people online and I'm just here to, to, to like I always say, I'm going to keep it a bean and I have to keep it a record straight. Piotr Jan goes out there and knees a downed opponent. He kneed Aljamain Sterling in the face. He absolutely was... You can tell he was getting a little frustrated. He couldn't get Aljamain Sterling out of there. Aljamain Sterling was still in his face. He was still there. And this is a point in time in a fight where Piotr Jan is accustomed to getting people the fuck out of there. And Aljamain wasn't going anywhere. Aljamain was down um, on his knees. He was shooting for a takedown. I know um, Demetrius Johnson said that anybody whom is keeping both knees down to stall a position, you should be able to knee them anyways. Well, I love 
uh, Demetrius Johnson. I think he's one of the greatest fighters of all time. And I know that he has this warrior fucking way of thinking, which I love. But I will say this. The rules are made for a reason. That is the rule set, and that's something that all of us know. If that's the rule set, that's what it is. And everybody understands and everybody knows at the end of the day, if both knees are down, you have a grounded opponent, you may not knee him. And here's the real thing about it. The referee in that moment literally said, hey, he's a, his knees are down. Don't you throw a knee. He repeated himself. He is down, Peter. Don't hit him. And he did it anyways. Need um, Aljamain Sterling directly in the face. Aljamain Sterling goes down. And then I, I don't understand why we're all sitting here watching Aljamain Sterling Roll around the floor in pain. He is obviously somebody who's concussed. And anybody who's saying that he's not concussed, yo, fuck you. Seriously. To sit there and, and say that a, a, a professional fighter that has worked his entire life to get to this level is going to sit there and look for a way out when he was absolutely fouled. That is no if, ands, or buts about it. What Peter Young did was a foul. He got kneed in the face. He could not. He can barely stand up. And we're going to sit here and say that, oh, this dude made it up and blah, blah, blah. And he, he's acting and stuff. Um, if you're saying that you've never been in a fight before, one, uh, you're a keyboard warrior, two. And number three, watch pro wrestling. That's what you should do. That's it. Okay, you're a pro wrestling fan. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. We have a portion of the show dedicated to pro wrestling, and and, and I enjoy talking about it from time to time. Our our our, uh, our pro wrestling expert comes on the show. You know, uh, uh, Miss Dre Day. We appreciate you. Salute to Miss Dre, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate pro wrestling. But if you believe what, if you actually believe that this man was 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 joking. And if you believe that that this was some concocted act in the moment, you're a fool. You're a fool and you need to watch pro wrestling because you're probably 12. That, that's it. That's all I can tell you. It's utterly ridiculous that anybody believes that. You got TJ Dillashaw coming out there talking shit. Oh, he deserves the Academy Award. TJ Dillashaw. Shut the fuck up forever. Your ass is Mr. EPO. You're you're a cheater. How dare you say anything? You fucking cheater? Are you crazy? And then you turn around, you got Henry Sudo. Bitch, you retired. Shut the fuck up. If you really believe you were still the man and you can compete in this weight class, why aren't you still fighting? But you don't believe that. So the moment both people like that, you disqualify yourself right away. I have no time for your fuck shit. I have no time for it. Now, should you be posting pictures and shit like that? No, I, I don't, I'm not here for that shit. But at the end of the day, guess what? The champion disqualified himself. And that's what happens. Now, what's going to happen next? It's going to be an immediate rematch. It's easy for us to sit back and look at the fight and say, oh, Piotr Jan's going to run through him, do the exact same thing. But it's not that easy. Because it wasn't just a blowout fight. Go back and watch it. Look at the numbers. Aljamain Sterling actually outstruck Piotr Jan. Now, one thing that he has to address is that Piotr Jan was pretty much any time he wanted to take him down, he could. Now, can he address it? Now, I will say this also. Aljamain Sterling seemed nervous. Aljamain Sterling seemed like the moment got to him. So, in a rematch, 
being the fact that he's a champion, being the fact that he knows what it feels like to be in there. Can he go out there and actually win that fight? Absolutely he can. Will he? I have no fucking clue. We'll see what ends up happening. But for all those fighters and for all those people going out there saying that this was an acting job and this and that, yo, grow up. Grow up, man. Like, I like I had this one dude hitting me up, like, literally giving me this whole soliloquy about this shit. And it's a dude who's, like, it's, it's, I swear, it's, it's people that have never felt what it's like to actually be in there. And who truly don't respect the sport. Because if you respect the sport and you respect the athletes, that doesn't even come out of your mouth. And I know I'm kind of running on on this one a little bit, but it, it just it just irks the shit out of me. When these people go out there and dedicate their lives to something and they train their asses off of this shit. And then you have these keyboard warriors going, and I know that's part of the game. I said it before, yo. I said it being a show, like I was prepared to eat shit where everybody hitting me up because they, everyone knows how big of a fan of Adesanya I am. But here's the thing. At the top of the show, I'm criticizing because, yo, you could have won the fight, but you had some technical difficulties that you need to go ahead and fix. There's nothing wrong with that. 20 and, 20 and 1 now in MMA. You're a one percenter. You're a legend. Everybody in MMA loses. That's one thing that I always say about the sport. Everybody fucking gets touched. Look at Piotr, um, I mean, uh, Jan Blachowicz. Fam, they were about to cut his ass, and now he's the, the champ. Look at Aljamain Sterling. None of these things, now people look at these people like they're bums. These are the best fighters in the world, people, that have dedicated their lives to doing this. The audacity of some of y'all. It blows my fucking mind, yo. It really fucking does. It's so crazy to see that shit. Um, but, but again, I fucking get it, right? That's the fun part about fights. We get to sit back. We get to talk a little shit. And, uh, and it is what it is. But here's the thing. I'm also going to be the guy to sit back here and tell you, uh, and tell you about yourself if you're one of those motherfuckers. All right. Uh, moving right along. Uh, because at the end of the day, that fight, it is what it is. It, it happened. I can't wait to see the, uh, the, the rest of it. Now, um, rest of the standouts in this fight card, I'll say, um, has to be Islam Makachev. Holy shit, man. Um, Khabib 2.0. I don't know about 2.0, but Khabib, you know, 1B. Khabib was in his corner. He fought Drew Dober. A lot of people believe Drew Dober had the answer to him. And Drew Dober didn't even seem like he belonged in there with him. And Drew Dober's a bad motherfucker, yo. Drew Dober's badass. And he went out there and just cut through his ass like a hot knife through butter. It was easy the way he did it. Goes out there, gets a quick submission win, and... um. And I'm telling you one thing, Islam Makachev might be the best lightweight in the world right now. Crazy to think about that. Islam Makachev, Khabib's protege, might be the best guy. And after the fight, after his dominant performance win afterwards, he calls out Tony Ferguson because he says, hey, check it out. I just want to prove to y'all, Khabib's better than me. And I'm about, I want to fight Tony. I'm going to fuck him up because he doesn't even belong in there. And I want you guys to stop talking about him and Khabib. That's what he's about to do. Dude, I am so excited. I do I I am like watching that performance fam. I was jumping up and fucking down. It was amazing. One of the best performances that I've seen, one of the best performances of the night. Great job. Islam Makachev is the fucking man. If you haven't paid attention, you need to. The dude is a beast. Um also on this card, uh who else stood out that I that I wanted to discuss? 
there were some good fights on this one, but uh, but no, that's that's all I want to kind of get into uh today on this one. Um, a couple big things in news. Moving on from two fifty nine, well, actually two things. Um, Dominic Cruz goes out there and gets a, he beats Case Kinney. Um, in that fight, looked amazing doing it. Reminded us who the Dominator was. Goes out there and beats a fucking tough kid. That's literally. It, this kid started training when he first started, saw Dom compete in the UFC 11 fucking years ago. And he goes out there and puts up a tough fight, but he ends up getting beat by Dom. And after the fight, Dom goes out there and calls out um, uh, the, okay, why am I missing his name? Um, Hans, Hans Gruber, whatever the fuck his name is. And he's the, the, the head guy over at Monster Energy. And he's a guy that it sounds like, a lot of athletes aren't very happy with. He sounds like one of the people said he see you know what he's not he sounds like he is the the fox catcher version of MMA. That's what it's fucking sounding like, people. So I'm gonna keep you guys up on that story when it continues developing. But a lot of people weren't happy with Dama Cruz for doing that, making that call out at the end of the fight because people didn't understand it. Um, but when I'm starting to hear from fighters and things come out, a lot of people are agreeing with Dom Cruz and saying that this dude is a dirty fucking dude. And, uh, it's interesting because Monster Energy is such a huge sponsor and they've given so much money to the UFC. And it sounds like this dude is literally, I, I, what, if anybody has in the comments, the, the, the Fox Hatcher dude's name, but, uh, the dude Steve Carell played in the movie, the Fox Catcher based on a true story, weird fucking guy. But that, that's what it comes off, off to, and that's what a lot of people are comparing him to. I will keep you guys up on that story. It's super interesting. Um, but uh, Dom called him out. We'll see what's going to fucking happen there. All right. Uh, and last but certain, oh, well, not last but certain, not least, Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy, former UFC fighter, former UFC title challenger at 170 pounds against George St. Pierre. Um, in my opinion, he, is, he and Luke Thomas are the best X's and O's guys in the sport, in MMA media. And... Um, and he went out there, and it sounds like he got fired. Uh, he ended up getting fired from the UFC. He got fired from the um, from BT Sports, the the UFC's British uh, counterpart. And the reason they said it's because he had some disagreement or some shouting match or something with a female employee of the UFC. Now he goes out there afterwards and says that a man or woman doesn't matter who it is. Um, but in the the UFC's statement, they also ended up stating his interaction that he had with Herb Dean at the end of the fight when he was essentially getting to a shouting match at the end of the fight uh with the referee because he didn't he didn't agree with the stoppage or didn't agree with um, when Herb Dean did not stop the fight in a matter in a timely manner for Dan Hardy look I don't know what's going on with this one I'm not gonna lie to you guys I don't know um one thing I will say is this anytime that it is something with a woman I'm always gonna lead with caution you know what I'm saying I'm a fan of Dan Hardy, but I understand that as a fan of MMA and a fan of Dan Hardy, a lot of times, a lot of times, even as straight dudes, we want to believe them right away. That is something that as men, we do. Come on, man. He's a good fucking dude. Nah, it couldn't have been him. Nah, he didn't do nothing to no chick. Nah, that's not it. We have a huge, a really bad habit of doing that. And here's the bad thing. A lot of, sometimes... It is, it's the reality. He didn't do nothing, but sometimes, sometimes he fucking did. And, and we got to believe women. We really do have to believe women, man. And, um, if this was something that the UFC and remember UFC is essentially a conservative fucking organization. If they go out there and they have let somebody of that caliber, somebody who, who they were about to bring back and not only as a fighter, but also as 
um, an analyst. I mean, come on, people. That that's 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 a little bit there. There's if there's smoke, there's fire. And and again, I am not indicting him at any any stretch of the imagination. I am not doing that. But what I am saying is this: I need there more, more information has to be put out there. And and um, I mean, look, man, believe women. If this is what's going on, if it's something that was on call for, and he went out there and tried to body or talk shit or like you know saying like alpha up on some chick look at the end of the day man that shit's weak and um and i and i and i as much as i'm a fan of dan hardy i can't agree with that so we'll see what happens again i'm not totally indicting him because i don't know really what happened um i'm just going based upon a couple little things and hits that i've heard but dan hardy did get fired and that is a big fucking deal he said he's going to continue doing all of his his fight um, breakdowns and, and such, which on full reptile, which I'm a, I'm happy with because I think he's the best in the game. So I absolutely will continue watching that. Um, but let's keep our eyes and ears open. Um, this this is this story is still developing. All right. Last but certainly not least, this is the news that honestly I was the most excited about. Right. Verdict MMA. Verdict MMA. For those who do not know, is the um, the best online um judging out there they do online judging to the minute round by round uh online judging for mma they do fight uh online judging as well as uh scoring judging scoring predictions all the above if you're a fan of mma i'm sure you know of mma verdict well mma verdict came out and they have officially partnered with the fucking pfl and they will be putting their global scorecards out live during the PFL events. This is a huge fucking deal. I cannot explain how excited I am about this shit. MMA has a huge problem with judging. Boxing does as well. All combat sports do. Um, it's about the human error aspect of it. And and um, and the, what the verdict does is that they take that out of it. Um, it, it is they they take a compilation of experts journalists fans and they calculate all that to tabulate it and they put that together and they get a accurate depiction of what is actually going on i fucking love that i think this is going to separate mma from everything else and i think we're going to get far more accurate assessments of fights from here going on this is absolutely an experiment but i am so excited about this specifically moving forward i love the pfl i think the pfl is an amazing organization the fact that they're with the ufc now or should i say with um with espn is even better but the fact that verdict mma has actually now partnered with them and is going to be the official scorecard for them i could not as a mma fan I could not be more excited. This is a huge deal, and uh, I hope that the ramifications for this move forward will be incredible, okay? Um, amazing. Salute to you guys and Verdict. I'm a fan of you guys. Uh, you know, they're fans and they're friends of the Fight Podcast. Um, love what those guys are doing. Salute to y'all. Um, dude, keep killing the fucking game. All right, um, and real quick, uh, last thought on Dan Hardy um, leaving the UFC. If Bellator picks him up, oof, that is a fantastic pickup for Bellator. Just saying. All right, guys. Um, that's about the time we got today. This has been Morning Coffee and Fight News with your boy, Serge Vicente of the Fight Podcast. Um, thank you guys, as always, for paying attention and listening. Let your friends, let everybody know about the greatest combat sports and culture of the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. Listen on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Check us out at thefightpodcast.com. Check me out at The Fight Podcast and at Serge Vicente on all social media platforms. 
for your combat sports lover in life. Tell them right there. Subscribe, like, share, share it with them. Let them know right now. And uh, we have so much more fire coming for you guys. We have some interviews coming up this week. Uh, we'll have our episode two of Brothers in Combat with myself and Darnell Giovanni of Mystic Black MMA. And so much more this week. Uh, this week we also have Scrappy Hours back this week and so much more. But without further ado, this has been Serge Vicente of the greatest combat sports and culture in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. This has been episode 276. Um, we are recapping everything UFC 259. This is our morning coffee and fight news. I am your host, Serge Vicente. Love you guys. I'll see you next time. Wait, wait, is somebody talking to me? Wimps, I beat anyone in a fight. All right, all right, Lumpy Duke. He beats anybody in a fight. I ain't mad at that as well. Lumpy, Lumpiest Duke, thank you for listening and watching the podcast. All right, y'all, love y'all. Deuces. <laughs>